Okay, so now we are going to delve into the laws of mezuzah. We're giving the short version, okay? We are not getting into all the nitty-gritty. I want to just touch on what's most relevant to us right now in our life. If you want right now to go put a mezuzah on your door, what does that mean? What do you do? Okay? So we touched upon how the process of writing a kosher mezuzah is very detailed, very specific. It has to be done by, by very specific people. It has to be written in a certain way with a certain ink and parchment, etc. I'm not going to get into the laws of that. This is just going to lead to a very important warning to us. We got to be careful where we buy our mezuzah from. I actually read an article about mezuzah the other week, and it was talking about how complicated it is to write Hebrew the way Hebrew is in the Torah, which, by the way, is not modern of writ, even though the letters are the same. The exact process in which it's written is so precise that the author of this article quoted that there's a robot that was created in Germany or in Europe somewhere, and there was this, like, big show for robots in Germany. And everybody was showing off what they have. So there was a robot that was trained in writing, and they wanted to show how precise it was. They had it writing Lashon HaKodesh, the, the text of the Torah. They actually, in Germany, had a robot writing the, the Torah script because it's so precise of how it's done. So this was like the bar that they're going to show. Look, if they could do this, they could write any language or whatever. I don't know exactly all the details, but I, I remember seeing that. So th this is a very holy process, and there's... There's absolutely no room for cutting corners in any way. You really need a, a pious Jew, a rabbi. He even has to think while he's writing it. He has to ha be having holy thoughts. He has to be writing it for the purpose of the holiness of the mitzvah of mezuzah. So what that means to us is just that we need to be careful of where we get a mezuzah from. Here's a couple of the laws of the mitzvah, and this is reading from the book of mitzvahs. Okay. So we're going to take these two paragraphs from the Torah, and we need to write them. They're, they're both essential, meaning you have to have both paragraphs. Not only that, every single letter is essential, that it has to be formed exactly, perfectly, properly, in order for, that, for it to be kosher. It needs to be replaced on the right doorpost of your house. And... When a per meaning when, you, when you're standing, most people are righties, and you'll take a step forward with your right foot, and that's like how you would walk into your house, and you're going to have it there on your right side. Again, most commonly people are, are righties, and that's why in many things, in, in mitzvot, there's like a preference for the right side. The rabbi said that the Torah says, Ubisharecha, it's written upon your gates. That teaches you that it's all gates, all entrances to your house, to your courtyard, to your provinces, to your cities, um, etc., or to your stables or chicken coops or straw sheds or wine storehouses or oil storehouses. Any kind of structure is going to have one. Everything is obligated in mezuzah. Now, you might think that's also some kind of a small structure that they had. I don't want to get into too many details of it, and a, a walkway that they had, and then the Torah says, bias, it's on your house. So here's what we learn from that. The Torah says, put a mezuzah on the doorpost of your house. Just as a house is designated for the purpose of dwelling, so too all other areas included in the mitzvah are specifically only for those that are designated for the purpose of dwelling. What is excluded from that? 
that would exclude little structures that are not meant for living in. Okay? Another, this is, isn't this fascinating, like how we derive the halacha, the law, out of the Torah. The Torah says house. Here's another example. The Torah says bias, a house. You might think that you should put a mezuzah in your bathhouse or your mikvah or your bathroom, right? Basically bathrooms in, in this day. So no, the Torah says house. Just as a house serves a dignified purpose, so too only things that serve a dignified purpose are going to be required to have a mezuzah. So bathrooms or a bathhouse or a mikvah are not going to be required to have a mezuzah. And then he teaches also that only for places that are non-sacred, but like the temple, for example, did not require a mezuzah. Um, and uh, he talks about how they should be checked occasionally twice in every seven years. There is a obligation to check one's mezuzah. There are those that say that according to the basic law of the Torah, once you put it up, it's good. But it is well accepted and, and written in, in Jewish law that one should check it uh, basically once every three and a half years. Then he talks about how if you live in Israel, in Eretz Yisrael, then you should put one up immediately. If you live outside of Israel, then you have a 30-day window. And within 30 days, you should you should put that in. It's only for houses that are a permanent structure. If you're a renter, then your obligation is to put it up. Your landlord is not required to put up your mezuzah. But interestingly, when you leave your rental, you are not allowed to take the mezuzah with you hmm. unless it's being rented out to a non-Jew after you. That's what happened to me here. I rented from a non-Jew. I knew there was like a 0% chance that a Jew was going to rent that house. And therefore, I was able to take my mezuzahs down. By the way, you put a kosher mezuzah on every door in a, in a house that you have. You could have 10, 15 doors. There's a significant financial investment in that. So it's, it's difficult if you have to leave it all behind. Okay? And then he lists 10 criteria for a house or a room that require a mezuzah. I'm going to read them, but then I'm going to summarize exactly, you know, what this means for us. These are, the room needs to be four by four amos, which is approximately eight by eight feet. The doorway has to have two doorposts, right? One on each side. And a, and a, a, I don't know what the English word is here, a horizontal piece of wood or something like that above the doorway. So most doorways have that. Some don't. We're going to get to that in a moment. It needs to have a roof. The room has to have a roof. The entranceway has doors. The entranceway has a height of, of uh, about 40 inches. It's a house, not like a, you know, a temple or, or synagogue of sort. It has to be made for human dwelling. It's intended for dignified dwelling, meaning like not a bathroom. And, and it's intended for permanent dwelling as well. Okay? In a case of a house that has many entrances, many doorways, one is obligated to affix a mezuzah upon each one of them. Even if he only uses one, generally. You have a back door that you never use or something, it's still going to be required including um, doorway from a one level to a higher level, all of these are going to need a mezuzah as well. Okay, so bottom line, let's talk about what this means. The mezuzah itself must be kosher. That means it must be sourced from, from a sofer, a scribe, who is a pious Jew, who knows how to write this, who has a tradition of how to write this, who is experienced in it. What that means for us is we should only buy a mezuzah from a Torah-observant rabbi or merchant who's selling from that. 
the merchant, even if it's a Judaica store, should be able to tell you who wrote that mezuzah. And if they can't, because it exchanged hands 16 times before it got there, there's honestly no way you could know for sure whether that's kosher. Now, if you're living in a bustling Jewish, you know, metro area, and it's a Torah observant store, and the people who run it are like just good Torah observant Jews, you wouldn't be crazy to be to rely on them. You know, it's not like you cannot rely on them. Um, I I would you know there's stores that are popping into my head that I would walk in and buy a mezuzah that they're selling, for example. But that's like if you kind of know that. Otherwise. Um, you have to be very careful of where you get it from. That's it. Once you do that, you source it from the right place. I'll tell you, I have a a, a sofa, a scribe who, who lives uh, in Atlanta that offered to give us or anybody who, who listening to this and learning this to sell us a mezuzah for $50. Okay. Mezuzahs could be much more expensive than that. They could be cheaper than that. He basically said, if you find it cheaper, there's there's risks there that it wasn't written properly. Maybe if you can find for 45, 40, so like, but once it's like 40 or under, red flag, basically red flag. He offered to give us mezuzahs for $50. So that's the open offer that we're making to anybody who, who connects to this, that you want a mezuzah, I can, I'll order it for you without making any money in the middle here um, for $50 a piece. But this needs to be, this, the mezuzah needs to be sourced from the right place. Which doorways are going are gonna to require mezuzah? Every single doorway of your house, except tiny little rooms that like are, you can't possibly live there. Example of that would be a walk-in closet, like a very small, it's a massive walk-in closet. Some people have like huge closets, you know, 10 by 10 feet, then or more, you're probably <clears throat> a strong chance that you're going to need one there. Bathrooms are not going to need one, but otherwise doorways are going to need one if they have a door frame. Sometimes you have like doorways that don't have a door frame and many would say you don't need one on that but that's the the basic idea um so closets and bathrooms for example are, are not going to need one so that that's a, this is an important part of mezuzah you have an opportunity and a mitzvah from the torah to put one on every single door in your house so i have a question yeah. so the mezuzah we're just talking about the scroll are there any rules or requirements for the case yeah let's talk about that so, fun fact here. Okay, so the, the case, technically, no, there's no rules. Good advice would be to have a case that can handle the weather in, in where you are. So I had issues with a mezuzah here in Jacksonville, Florida, and I brought them to a, a sofa to check, and he said, where do you, he actually asked me, I brought it to New Jersey, and he said, do you live in Florida? And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, he said, this cannot handle the humidity of Florida. But that only applies to your outside doors. Between your living room and your dining room, you'll be fine with pretty much anything. It's a nice idea to write, to to have something like kind of pretty, like a little bit nice. Like, a you know, we like to beautify and add, you know, beauty to the mitzvahs that we do. But that's not part of the the letter of the law obligation. On the outside of the mezuzah, you'll see a shin or you'll see the full writing shin dalad yud three letters that spell out one of the names of Hashem, which is another way of reminding you of that. So it's nice to be able to see that, even though between me and you, you might not study that. You might remember it anyway, but that's definitely something to have the the letter shin there on the outside. Okay, now you put it on the right side of your doorway. Yeah, you put it on the right side of your doorway. You put it two thirds of the way up the the door frame, not halfway. 
two-thirds of the way up. This is easy to do. Just take it, right side, two-thirds of the way up. The custom, for sure, amongst Ashkenazi Jews is to put it diagonally. Diagonal. You'll see many Muslims diagonal, not vertical. Interestingly, the reason for that is there's a discussion in the Talmud of whether it should be vertical or horizontal, and we compromise. Sure. And that's why it's diagonal, which is a rare case of compromise. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> Usually, you, you would go, according to Jewish law, by one or the other. Compromise kind of is like a funny in-between, but that's like a nice lesson in compromise that you can learn from your mezuzah as well. And then when you put it up, there's a blessing you say, which you can probably find online, but it's Sheikh Kedushan Likavoa Mezuzah, to put up a mezuzah. And you should put it up properly and not with cheap double-sided sticky tape, which tends to fall down. If you found a really good one, great. There's a preference to use something like nails or, or whatever or something like that. And uh, and that's it. And, and and you hang it up and you put it there. So I'm I'm making an offer here to help people if they if they need to get an, an extra mezuzah. There's an organization that I've come across which is pretty fascinating called Myzuza. Little pun on the word there. Myzuza instead of mezuzah. Huh. Myzuza.org. They have a mission to put a mezuzah on the front door of every Jewish home, and they possibly give one for free. I think they give one for free. The qualification for that is uh, probably need to be Jewish and whatever, but you don't have any mezuzah in your house and you want one on your front door. They're not going to put one in every every place. The story behind them is incredible. They, it was a group of people that working for a, a nonprofit, a Jewish nonprofit, but it didn't say what they did. I have no idea what they did. And one day, a girl who worked for them came into a room and there was like a second floor overlooking the first floor. And she walked into the room and she leaned on the railing and the railing gave way and she fell crashing down a flight and she was injured. It seems pretty badly. And, you know, of course they treated her and whatever, but they were trying to like understand why this happened. And there's this idea that if something happens in your house, check your mezuzah, make sure it's kosher, make sure your protection is, is up to par. And they opened up the mezuzah, and this is in the place of the organization, and the mezuzah in her house as well, in her front door, and both had the exact same error. The word bisharecha, which means your gates, was broken. Mm-hmm. Okay, how, how scary is that? The word gates, right? It says you put mezuzah on your gates, the word's gate was broken, and this gate broke and it was like they were like so taken aback by that and this led to them launching an organization trying to get every you know so you can nice. you can go check it out there as well okay so did we cover the main points it's basically where's the mezuzah coming from make sure it's reliably sourced which doors does not need to be on only all doors but only where it's being inhabited not like bathrooms or little storage closets or anything like that put it on the right side of the doorpost put it two-thirds of the way up make a blessing and you are good to go. That's step one. Step two, remember that mezuzah when you walk in and out of your house.